What's up, everyone? It's the Love, the Jam, the podcast. I'm Chapine, coming to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, things are going to get a little bit easier as far as my rotations go. And the Clippers are about to play basketball on Friday, to be exact. So media day was today. There's been a lot of good content online um, that I'm excited to kind of get through. And I'm just excited. Basketball is finally coming back. Pretty hyped. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody is just cannot wait. I, I know the WMB finals are still going. Football started up a few weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, just nothing really replaces the NBA in my day-to-day life. And uh, this season looks like it's going to be really exciting. I've been doing my weekly divisional previews around the NBA. I'll have another one up uh, Tuesday, I think. And it's just crazy how wide open the NBA is this year. Like, everybody's saying it. It's cliche. But it feels a lot less scripted and destined than it has, like, really the past decade, where first the Heat and then the Cavs and Warriors kind of just dominated, and you kind of knew who was going to be in the finals most years. So I'm really excited for this NBA season. Yeah, I'm really excited, and I can't wait. And Media Day was great today. I I didn't watch all the interviews just yet. I was going to throw them – split them up through the next following few days. But I did catch some of the quotes, and we're going to have Mike Jaglin on in a bit to really touch about it since he was there. Um, But I'm just really excited, and I I almost don't even realize how legit it is. I mean, there's that picture that the Clippers put out um, on their social media of all the guys together, Pat, Kawhi, Paul, Trez, Lou, who presumably probably would close games for us with Doc in the middle. And it's just crazy to think, how far the Clippers have come over the past couple of years. And now we have this totally different roster than what we had, you know, during the Lob City era. And it's probably just as good, if not better, most likely better. <laughs> it's just crazy to think of things like that, how quickly this team's been rebuilt. And the only piece left is Doc. It's just, it kind of blows my mind seeing everybody together. And I can't wait to listen to all the snippets that all the minutia that I love to listen to from all the guys. Um, yeah. It's super, super exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll have Jack on in just a minute. Um, I didn't think anything particularly interesting was said in in the media day. Uh, really, the only items of note were revolving uh, Paul George's injury update. Right. And that was really not much of an update, to be quite honest. I thought it was all stuff that we basically already knew. Like, I think most people could have guessed that he's going to be out through – training camp and, and probably preseason and is going to miss a couple weeks of the regular season. So, uh, you know, it's still an update, um, but it really wasn't much of an update. It's about as little of an update as we could have gotten. Um, yeah. So, no, November is still good because, you know, there was an idea of six weeks and six weeks would have gone into December. So it's still good that the idea of November ish is still a thing, whether it's early or late November, who knows? But uh, it's good that he's kind of optimistic. 85 to 90% is a great number for right now, considering he still has some rehab to be done. So it's, uh, it's exciting still. I'm still pretty, pretty excited for his timetable and what's to come. I mean, I'm just excited for this team. I feel like there's going to be so much new with this offense that I'm just not used to seeing, considering of the, 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 how dynamic these two wing guys are. We've never really had a dynamic wing player. It's kind of crazy to think through this, this Doc era. And really just since, you know, 
Corey Maggetti? Like, I don't even know who was like the last like big wing we had that like had some umph to them. I don't even, yeah. I feel like it's been a long time. It has been quite a while. I think Maggetti is probably a good answer. Uh, you know, Lob City was what? Matt Barnes, Luke Mbamute, yeah. Karan Butler. Butler. Injury. Yeah. yeah, his first year he was decent, but I wouldn't say he yeah. really had much oomph. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, probably, probably Corey Maggetti. And we could talk a little bit about the, uh, the broadcast situation. Uh, oh, yeah. Towards the end of the pod. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's really wild thinking about all the wings the Clippers have. Now, I mean, no offense to Matt Barnes, but, I mean, would you take Rodney Magruder over Matt Barnes? I'd probably uh, take – take Mo Harkless probably. Oh, definitely Mo Harkless, like, but I mean – Yeah, and even Magruder. We'll see. I don't want to throw Matt under the bus so quickly. He did hit a <laughs> – he did hit some big shots. He hit that huge three in game seven that I'll never forget. And he also uh, knocked the ball uh, from that telegraph play to close game seven. So some good memories with Barnes. He also had a good game one, <laughs> right, against mm-hmm. the Rockets. And then that was about it. He was terrible the rest of that series. He, like, missed, like, 12 shots in a row from three or something insane. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Barnes was not particularly dynamic. We tried to bring in Danny Granger, but he was well beyond his prime, unfortunately. Uh, Karan Butler was past his prime. Uh, Katino Mobley was a nice player, but he wasn't yeah. really a big wing. Uh, he was a traditional shooting guard. So, yeah, I really – McGetty was kind of the last big wing we had, and he had a ton of flaws. He ultimately was a bench player for, for Pete Clippers during his time. So, it's been a long time. I, and I feel like that there's a lot of questions as far as what Doc can do, but it's not like, you know, Doc has had dynamic forwards before. He had – you know, Paul Pierce and Tracy McGrady. So he's coached uh, dynamic small forwards before. We just haven't really seen it as here as a clipper. So I'm pretty excited to see what Doc's going to do and what kind of action we'll get from uh, the future clippers. I just feel like there's a lot of new stuff that we're going to see, even in the preseason, that gets me really excited to even catch those games. Uh, any, any thoughts about the preseason schedule? I mean, we're going to open against the Rockets, which is going to be uh, a fun game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Rockets are always uh, – Clippers-Rockets has become, you know, a fun uh, – a rivalry is probably a bit of a stretch, but a fun little quasi-rivalry over the past few years. Those games are always entertaining. I mean, I don't know how much we're really going to see from the Harden-Westbrook combination in preseason, but, uh, you know, I think just seeing this Clippers team healthy is going to be the biggest thing regardless of opponent – uh, everybody outside of Paul George, I think, should be good to go, which will be nice. We'll get to see all the new guys, uh, maybe the rookies a little bit. You know, maybe Jerome Robinson will get a chance to get on the court and and show off what he can do in yeah. the other two. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. I don't think any game is that much more interesting than another. You know, the Hawaii games are kind of frustrating because they're going to be so hard to watch. I think. For people on the East Coast, there could be 1 a.m. Yeah, it's going to be 12 think, a.m. for me. It's gonna be which is, yeah, I mean, I, I can't do that on a work night. So I'm going to be watching that sometime the next day, probably. The oh, next you're day. right. It's going to be on Thursday night? Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's 1 a.m. Friday morning. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I mean, even for L.A. people, I mean, that's, that's 10, 10 p.m., which is doable. I mean, it's late, but it's doable, but. 1 a.m. is, you know, even for the first Clippers basketball since uh, 
summer league and the first real Clippers basketball since April. I, I cannot do that <laughs> weeknight, um, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think anybody's really going to be missing anything. And I know Mike can speak to this a little bit further when he comes on, but I didn't – I didn't really hear much about strategy or X's and O's. I know Doc didn't speak today, which is part of the reason why. Uh, but usually in, in camp, you get something about like, oh, we're looking to play up tempo. We're looking to do this or that. Really did not get much of that today. It was a lot more about culture and spirit and attitude and much less about the basketball side of things. I know people talked about how they're going to be a scary defense and there are multiple guys who can score and take over a game. But not much in the way of big picture strategy. So I wonder if we get more of that with Doc um, tomorrow, I believe, is, is when he's doing his presser. But, yeah, I mean, Mike just topped on here. And, uh, yeah, how are you doing, Mike? Hey, guys. How's everything going? Uh, good. Pretty good. Pretty good. We're, we're discussing good. Uh, media day and, uh, and the upcoming training camp. And uh, you were there. Neither of us, unfortunately, could be there. Uh, I'm in Michigan. Chap is in residency, and uh, you, were, Iowa. you were on the ground at, at Media Day. How was it? Well, Media Day is a, it's the first day of school. It really is, and uh, you know it, everyone gets together. Uh, good, good, I mean, great media turnout. Um, I actually heard from media members that it was uh, more conducive to the uh, media than the Lakers one was. Um, but no it, it, you know, it's a great. Yeah, it's a, it was a great vibe. Um, you know, in years past, and I've been covering these since uh, 2013, Doc will come out and address uh, kind of the crowd and set the tone uh, and answer some questions. And th- he didn't this year, um, which was um, kind, of, kind of odd. I guess he, he came and uh, surprised the guys later. But it was, you know, uh, Jamie Maggiato, uh narrated or moderated, excuse me, the uh, uh, the press conference, and then then we just uh, went out to Kauai and uh, the rest of the the gang. So it was, I mean, it was great. It was great. Yeah, man, super exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the one the the one thing um, I will take away from this um, really is that this team's very confident. And uh, we didn't we we didn't know I, I think to the extent that as soon as PG and Kawhi became Clippers they started a group text and yeah. they got on the same page. Uh, you you heard Montero's actually said Memorial Day they started practicing together, but that would be tampering. So it was Labor Day as it actually was. Uh, so uh, and you know th- they've been tight they've been close they've gone on fishing trips as that was really one of the big things talked about and um and paintball trips so they've been close and they've been very tight and i think they all know that they have something very special here and that was uh you know something that was you know we i think around across the league we all understand and as clipper fans you're kind of like what this is actually happening i think that that was one of the things from clipper nation all days you guys could see people being like oh my god this is so surreal and it was but um you know adding these two guys with this core that we saw uh everyone seems to be on the same page and they they know what is asked about upon them and you know guys from harkless to magruder uh, to sham it, they all know that everyone's going to have a role if they're going to actually get this thing done. 
Jag, were there any like particularly illuminating quotes for you? I know I think everybody will digest everything Paul George and Kawhi says word by word because we're just waiting to hear what they're saying. But anything that maybe maybe uh, some of the other guys said, like Pat or Sham or even someone like Jerome Robinson said, that kind of stuck with you as far as something to kind of keep in mind going forward. Well, I think that the 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 one you know question that a lot of people have had is the backup point guard role. Uh, we've discussed it. You guys have discussed it, but they, you know, Pat and Sham and Jerome said it himself. Like, listen, they drafted me for this reason to count on me. So, you know, I, I, I don't think the players have that concern and talking to some of the media, they, they, they don't have that concern because of the depth of this team in regards to, you know, two way players and guys that can play multiple positions. Um, I, you know, Sham, it looks like he's, gotten stronger zoo has definitely lost weight and and you know that he talked about how you know uh, the clippers coaching staff went with him overseas when he went back home and he changed his diet um a lot of the guys you know it it, it just feels like they're ready for business tomorrow is the first day of practice and of training camp, which is kind of weird because I thought that, that they would be leaving to go to Hawaii right away, but they're actually going to get a, pr- a practice in, then they're going to go to Hawaii. So, uh, you know, honestly, there was nothing too crazy. I think I, it was kind of cool seeing the uh, Mo Harkless, Patrick uh, Patterson uh, duo on the uh, podium because they, someone asked the question about, uh, you know, Dane hitting that shot over Paul George. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was fun. Um, again, I was kind of shocked, like, like I said earlier about Doc Rivers not leading the way and answering questions out of the gates, but I guess he's going to have to deal with the media every day from this point on. Did we get any quotes from Doc? I just kind of saw him sneak snooping around for some of the pictures. He didn't, he didn't know. He did not address. And like I said, in years past, what will happen on a typical media day is Doc will come out. You know, typically, you know, it, it used to be Seaman. Today, it was Ma- Jamie Maggio, and he will do like, you know, ten, fifteen minutes, and then intro. Usually, in years past, it was the big three or Blake or Chris, and um, be up there for a little bit. And, and this year, he he wasn't there at all. It, and it was, you know, Kawhi as we saw, uh, and um, Lou, and then Kawhi bolts to the Rams game where he proceeds to get booed on the Jumbotron. Um, and, but, you know, it was, it was the same structure, just no doc. Hmm. Yeah. Rob, Rob, did you find anything particularly illuminating from these quotes? I know we kind of talked that not much is really said, but anything fun or just like interesting that you kind of took from all the hoopla today? Well, I mean, uh, Paul, for me, I mean, I, I, I thought right away, Paul George was, you know, the most, uh, compelling um and him talking about you know he knows through all of these injuries you know the injury he had you know five years uh back you know the foot injury that he came back from uh and 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 rehabbing and learning and knowing his body that he knows when he's ready you know uh to uh, that his body will tell him uh, is reported you know bleacher report said mid-november um you know we we don't know that he didn't talk about that again uh, you know, actually answering questions. No one, you know, asked them on top of that. Well, that was being basically kind of reported as media day was going on. Uh, no one did ask them about that, but Paul George seems to know that, you know, uh, his body is going to kind of dictate when he comes back. 
Um, you know, I, I think Shamit, you know, Bev said that uh, Shamit's an even better shooter. Uh, Shamit really wants to make it known, I think, to the team and to the NBA that he's not just a shooter. Uh, he kind of went out of his way and said that, you know, I'm going to put the ball on the deck when I have to put the ball on the deck. Um, but, but, you know, you know it, it, it's, it, there is nothing, you know, crazy besides that this team is tight already. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen this wave through the NBA of these, these teams getting together sooner and sooner. And, um, you know, I, 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 someone, I think it was Dan Wilkie asked Paul about, you know, is it because, you know, now a lot of these teams know that they have to kind of, you know, strike and get that synergy into the regular season. And you could see, you know, Paul didn't directly answer that, but he, you know, was nodding his head. Yes. You know, that is, mm-hmm. that is an important thing to have that team bonding and to have these guys, you know, uh, uh, on the right page, you know, Lou and Trez played down in Atlanta over the summer. And as we know, since Labor Day, these guys uh, have been really tight. And then you have the, the entire crew that was in Miami. So, you know, having, you know, uh, egos aside, I mean, Bev and, and Lou and all these guys just, basically said, listen, we, we have two main cogs, two top 10 players added to what we have. I, I, again, I think that the, the Mo Harkless is going to be a lot better than I think Clipper fans are expecting. And, and along with, with Magruder, you know, we, let's not forget Magruder sat with this team and was not unable to play during the playoffs. So he's, he's, he's known what's been going on. And uh, I, I think that, you know, just having the continuity of the core with these two guys uh, is huge. We know that um, Paul is not cleared for five-on-five contact yet, but he will be, you know, going through the different uh, nuances of the, uh, of the team and the schemes. So, um, you know, that's another thing to, to kind of keep on keep an eye on as we go through training camp is where, you know, where is Paul going through with five-on-fives? When will he be cleared? Because that will probably be our, our, our next big nugget of, you know, what, you know, how far he actually is. Yeah. Paul George is great with the media, man. He is going to be a great mouthpiece for this team. Every, everything he's done so far from uh, the introductory pressers to media day to just, even just his social media, he's just uh, he's just a fun dude. I think he's going to be a great kind of um, post game presser ying to Kawhi's yang and kind of make things a little bit light. Uh, Rob, did you, did you really take anything from media day? Did you, did you find any, anything fun to get out of there or any illuminating quotes. The sham thing is an interesting thing. And I hear he's been saying over and over again, even that he had an interview, I forget for what magazine it was earlier, where he also reiterated the idea that he's not just a shooter. And we've seen flashes of that already. We've seen his passing ability, his long wingspan. JJ Reddick had a quote on, uh, on his podcast where he was talking to, when he was talking to Chris, uh, I think it was Chris Paul, uh, about Love City, he was saying how he's wondering what he would be if he was 6'5 with the wingspan. And it might be, you know, our guy Shamit, because <laughs> that's what Shamit's uh, figures are. Uh, did you think anything interesting from Sham's quotes or just in general from the supporting pieces about what they've been working on? I mean, it wasn't too basketball-oriented, but there are some good nuggets in there. Uh, not particularly for Shamit. I that's something he's kind of been harping on for a while. Um, So I don't think that was particularly revealing. I thought, uh, you know, Paul George is certainly very compelling. I thought Pat Beverly was really masterful in how he handled the podium, uh, how he included Shamit, how he kind of gave Shamit some questions, his interplay, the way he just kind of 
controlled the media and um yeah i thought he was very impressive it's it's not a surprise i mean Pat Beverly is is really smart and uh, and really good at, at talking about basketball and talking about basketball teams. I still thought it was it was a very impressive showing for him. And I don't think basketball is there was too much. Um, there were a lot of questions for Zubots about getting stronger and a lot of kind of almost digs about you know how he got played off the court against the Warriors in the playoffs. How he'll prevent that. He emphasized getting stronger, getting in better shape, cutting out, you know, sugars and soda and working on his shooting. It's something we have seen in clips. Uh, you know, we'll have to see if his shooting translates to games or if it's just kind of more of something called flash and practice and just every once in a while than a consistent weapon. But I, I thought nothing was really that illuminating. Probably Zubots were the most interesting. Um yeah, it was it was not a great media day in terms of getting a lot of new material to write about uh, outside of just some generic quotes about, you know, the team coming together and, you know, the paintball and, and fishing, like Jack was saying. Like, there were tons of that. I certainly think there's a lot about the team chemistry and the personality of the players on the team to write about and talk about. In terms of the basketball and X's and O's, much, much less. And I do think, you know, like I was saying right before we brought – Mike on is that Doc not talking about that. Usually the coach is the one who will talk about those things like, oh, we're looking to like slow things down this year or we're looking to run more high pick and roll or this and that. Uh, not necessarily even those that got things or, or in that much detail, but just those bigger uh, strategy basketball tactics kind of stuff. And Doc wasn't there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the guys had, had pretty good chemistry. They all seemed to be in good moods. And I, I agree. I thought the overall tone was of extreme confidence. And uh, we'll just really now have to see if they can they can live up to that confidence and that hype. Yeah, I mean, basketball-wise, I think defense was the one consistent factor that the team talked about. You know, you, you have, you know, Pat uh, and, you know, some of these guys that are, are great two-way guys that are already there. And then you're adding Kawhi and PG. And that was the one thing I think they, they could be like, oh, teams are going to have issues covering us. You know, I mean, you can say what you want about, you know, past Zubats, there isn't a true center on this team. We still have that open roster spot. Or you could say that there isn't a, a true point guard if Pat Bev goes down. But they like where they are. I mean, and they know that they can get after teams and really make it difficult. And that's, that's something I think from, from Clipper teams in, in the past, um, having this defensive flexibility is really going to throw teams off, especially, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, uh, uh, some of the, uh, most of the teams, you know, the Warriors were great at it for years because they had this kind of uh, depth, depth problem, you know, great problem to have uh, because they had so many two-way players. Now the Clippers are the ones that are going to be able to dictate. And I think that's going to kind of be their calling card. And, you know, like I said earlier about, you know, uh, the backup point guard, I think you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of uh, it going through PG, a lot of it going through Kawhi. A lot of these guys are going to be playing kind of a point guard by default uh, compared to like your traditional way. 
Right. And we've seen a lot with Kawhi and George anyways. The point guard just kind of brings the ball up the floor and gives it to the wing anyways, and he runs things. So I'm not particularly worried about the point guard when we're healthy, uh, as much as I'm worried maybe about the center position with Zubat. Hopefully he comes and shows out. Everybody's talking about his shape. He talks about how he's in the best shape of his life, and I believe him. But we need to see, especially those hands, (laughs) back in good shape uh, to start this season. But honestly, guys, I mean, uh, outside of him starting, like in, in a few teams, you know, meaning Denver, the Lakers, and I guess, you know, Gobert with Utah, it's like you're, you're going to – these other guys, just the Jermichael Greens and Trez, and those guys are really going to, you know, take sure. away. Um, because, I, again, they have so many interchangeable parts. We're not, right. you know, we're not used to one little Clipper team having this many parts. With Lop City – you, you played that position. That was your position for the most part. Mm-hmm. And we've got guys defensively that can go after it. Let's not forget, like, Magruder is a very good defensive player. So mm-hmm. is Harkless. You know, these are all things added to the equation. I think that you're, we're, we're going to be able to press people. You know, I, and I don't think, you know, even though last year we pressed people, we're not gonna, this is a, another level. Especially if you're a team that has to game plan for us and then game plan for another team on the second uh, second game of a back to back, we're we're gonna show you guys looks that you're not gonna be able to just you know vanilla like scout for. I mean, I, it, we might have like a death lineup in our mind, but Doc might go with whoever has the hot hand outside of you know uh, three of the main guys. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, all the all the possibilities are super fascinating to me, and really, I can't wait to see it on the court, and I can't wait to see how we switch things up, especially with off-ball stuff with uh, with George and Kawhi and how we run things out there. It's pretty exciting. Um, Mike, do you have any things you, oh, you want to mention about um, just about media day today? I mean, it feels like, you know, media day in general is just like a big coming out party. Everybody looks nice in their jerseys and everybody chats. Usually we don't hear too much of substance, but it's always a fun time. Anything else you kind of want to mention about media day that maybe people watching these clips might not have picked up? Well, I mean, yeah, I think the main thing, um, like I said, it's the first day of school. So the media comes back, everything's, you know, 10 to 15 minutes for, you know, each, uh, you know, this was pairs, uh, pair of guys. And then, you know, in the background, they will be doing a lot of their national coverage stuff. Uh, when, when we first got there, actually, NBA TV had the floor, as most of you saw NBA TV there. But as you walked in, they had Trez and, and um, Bev early. Uh, and then on the side, behind where the actual uh, podium is on the other side, the, you have a lot of what they'll do for like their intros. And uh, a lot of their, you know, vanilla uh, pictures. That's when Doc came there and he took a picture with BG and, and Kawhi and, you know, you know what we uh, assume to be our death lineup um, yeah. of those five guys. Um, that's where all that stuff happens. So as a fan, when you're at the games and you're seeing, like, a lot of these, like, bits they do in between or, you know, uh, everything that they put together for their intros, that will be that's done and that got started actually you know a couple hours before um and that continuously kind of goes on they kind of feed these guys through that as they then enter to the podium so you know it's 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 kind of an interesting little process it's been like this for a while um but you know i I, i'm just really excited that 
this is actually it's a reality, guys. Let's be honest. Now it's a reality. Like everything that we, you know, plotted for the last like probably like a year of what would happen and what we thought, you know, could happen and, and was happening. And sure we saw the, you know, presser of PG and Kawhi and we're like, okay, this is great. But now they're a team. They're a team. And, you know, I, I think it was Kawhi that stated, you know, it all starts tomorrow. And it does. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, in this preseason, you know, how much they show other teams. As these, You guys were talking about, like, Doc not being there. You probably would get more of the ins and outs. But he's probably not going to show too much of his cards, especially in this first game against uh, <laughs> against Houston. Right. Right, right. Well, super exciting. Jag, thanks for thanks for joining us, man. And as always, you know, thank you, thank you guys so much. And we're, we're going to be doing a, a clip fix this week. We're probably going Wednesday or Thursday, and we'll have a very special guest that uh, will actually be in Hawaii. So um, nice. it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be good, guys. This is a, a very special time. Um, and I, before I go, you know, Andrew Hahn from ESPN, we were talking. And uh, he was like, you know, we should just get these guys guys fitted for rings. Uh, he, he really feels he really feels, and and you know, he really feels that that teams are really going to struggle uh, against what the depth and the the two way capability of this team. And I'm really excited, uh, and all Clipper fans should be excited. Uh, they also said it's not us against the Lakers; it's us against the NBA, and the it's going to be great to see how this, you know, kind of takes shape um, as we, uh, you know, especially as they grow into the season until they get PG back. Um, it's going to be great. And all, all Clipper fans and, you know, should be excited because this, this is a championship team. Yeah. Super exciting. Thanks, Jag. Uh, Clip uh, will thanks, be guys. on. Yep. Clipfix will be on later this week, and it's going to be on a lot of good guests. And Clipfix and really our pod, too, will be on pretty consistently now the rest of the way, now that yeah. we're, we're back on Thank this you. season. Yep. Thanks, Jag. And it's pretty exciting stuff. Rob. Yeah. So, excited? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm media day, you know, I would probably be more excited if I was there instead of watching from my computer in, in my apartment. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think people are getting very confident very quickly, which I'm not. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm confident that will be very good. But you know, Andrew Hahn from Clipper from uh, previous Clipperbog f- Flame uh, fame used to be uh, used to do those great uh, video pods, uh, the video blogs after games, particularly during the Lob City era. Really great uh, Twitter follow too. Um, is a bit of a homer as as many Clipper fans and it's good to get excited for the team but it's hard for me to think of the idea Johan Buha has also kind of gone on record thinking that if this team is healthy that they should be legitimate title favorites but it's just too up in the air for me and I'm too much of a pessimist probably yeah I mean I think there are so many caveats I think if the team is healthy if Kawhi and Paul George are healthy if everybody clicks and the team is cohesive and they have decent injury luck, you know, against teams they play. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I think if all cylinders are clicking and they're healthy, I think they could be the best team in the NBA. But I certainly think there are other teams out there who could compete with them. I don't think, for as much as I scoff about the Lakers' depth and, you know, Kyle Kuzma and Avery Bradley, I mean, 
LeBron and, and Anthony Davis by themselves are, are terrifying, especially Davis now, which is crazy because for, you know, 15 years it was LeBron who, as we mentioned, would just terrorize the Clippers because they had no big wings to match up against him. Now they have several guys, including two of the entire best in the NBA, to put at LeBron, but AD is a whole whole other story. And you have them. Uh, you know, the teams like the Jazz and the Nuggets certainly don't have as much star power, but I think they're going to be really good. The Rockets are going to be really good. And, and if the Clippers make the NBA Finals, I mean, one of the Bucks or the Sixers presumably will be waiting. And I think both those teams are going to be monster teams. So I don't think a championship is assured, even if the team is healthy. I think favorites is possible. I think they will be really good, but so many things can happen. And uh, it's the Clippers, so so many things will happen. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting it's an exciting time. And every preseason starts tomorrow. The Clippers' first game isn't until, as we mentioned, really early Friday morning, East Coast, and, and late fr- uh, Thursday night Pacific. But it's, it's right around the corner now. Finally, after a couple months in the figurative desert, uh, NBA basketball is back. Uh, really quickly, before we kind of transition to other stuff, what are like a couple things you're just looking for in, in training camp or preseason in terms of just player development or lineup rotations or, or really anything? Um, I mean, I, I'm excited to see. So there's an idea that probably Shamit will start. Um, it'll, if with our healthy team, if it's going to be Shamit, if it's going to be maybe Mo, uh, will be an interesting tidbit if they maybe want to bring Shamit off the bench so he can get familiar with the second lineup. Um, or, or if they want to just do Shaman to start for his spacing. I'm kind of interested in how they'll do that. I'm interested in see how they'll integrate Jerome Robinson into the, into the lineup now that he'll have an opportunity to maybe play a little bit with George out. If they'll, you know, kind of force the issue and play him some. That'll be an interesting thing from the rotation. And really in general, just how if Doc staggers at all for his, or if he does hockey lineups, which he's known to do, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because preseason isn't necessarily going to be how the minute distribution is going to be in the regular season. So anything can go. Uh, he might be doing a lot of just seeing who are going to be our bottom of the roster guys too. So it's hard to say the trends in the preseason will be that significant. And we have, what, like three games, like one game a week pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's hard to say. I, I'm kind of interested in see. You know, it's already interesting in itself that they've already pushed out this idea of that five. You know, the five that we all thought about with Pat, yeah, with I Lou, agree. with uh, with uh, with uh, Trez, and of course Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So that's already being pushed in the forefront as like the closing. Uh, you know, Jag called it our death lineup, and that's already being pushed out there. So that's kind of an interesting thing, especially since we were talking about kind of switching offense-defense at times with Shamit for Bev if needed on offense versus defense. But this lineup is already being pushed in the forefront. So that's already an interesting choice of configuration for those pictures. So I, I'm I'm interested in that. I don't think we'll get many answers in the preseason, and George being out will only complicate things as far as mm. how we close with a healthy squad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. I think that is certainly interesting that they're playing those three guys up as kind of the next three behind Kawhi and PG. And I think we saw in the Sports Illustrated and ESPN Top 100 those were the three other Clippers who were included in the Top 100. 
those are the three guys regarded, and rightly so, those are the next three best players on the team. So they're, they will be of, of paramount value. I do think Landry Sham is getting lost in the mix a little bit here. I think people are kind of underrating how good he was last year. And the right. fact that he wasn't a young rookie, like a 19-year-old, but he certainly still has years and years of improvement. And I think if he takes another, you know, doesn't even need to be elite, but another nice step this year, I think he's going to be, you know, easily a top 100 level player because I think he'll be better on defense than somebody like Lou. And his shooting is just so incredibly valuable that even if the rest of his offensive game is lagging a little bit behind, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I would watch out for Shaman. I think really the only thing I'm going to watch for in preseason is for the young guys. Like, how do they look? You know, how is Shamit's ball handling? How is Jerome Robinson playmaking? Does Zoo really look stronger? Is he shooting at all? Is Trez shooting at all? Uh, yeah. Do Terrence Mann and Fiondu Cabangeli get anywhere even close to, like, rotation minutes? Like, how do they look against, you know, if not full NBA caliber lineups and rotations and, and I guess, you know, for lack of a better word, like, effort? Uh it's still a big step up from summer league. How do those guys look? Any training camp guys? I think the only two we know of right now are Derek Walton and, and James Palmer. Those two, yeah. any other guys who might be there, how do they look? These are all questions that I'm going to be thinking about a lot more than how is Lou Williams and Montres Harold pairing. Right. Looking right. And even stuff about Kawhi, like unless he's limping in preseason, you know, God forbid, I'm not going to take anything about him or really any of the other key Clippers veterans to, to root. It's just, it's preseason. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't I think, really. Yeah. I think it's going to be, for yeah. me, it's going to be Shamit, Jerome, Zoo are the three main guys I'm going to be looking at. And then Terrence and Fee and then, you know, training camp guys and Trez as well. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see Trez and Zubat as far as their three point shooting and how many threes they shoot in all of their preseason games. I, I, you know, I have a soft spot for Terrence Mann. It'll be interesting to see how much he takes charge. You know, that third string point guard spot is kind of a place for a debate still. So the preseason might be where we see somebody get, you know, Derek Walton Jr. And we'll see how much he can kind of impress to maybe be, uh, a guy, and I know he's he's a guy you hold dear, um, and you put an article on him just recently previewing his talent, and he's kind of an interesting prospect, and he'll probably be more of an Agua Caliente get, guy. But if Terrence Mann can, like, stamp any sort of significant imprint in the preseason, maybe he will get some spot minutes to start the season. So we'll see. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch, too, that I'll definitely be watching closely for. Okay, I think we can kind of – talk a little bit i think we wanted to put just a, a bow on our eighteen nineteen retrospective we have a, quite a few players to kind of go through uh from the bench really we talked about mostly everyone else um but we could talk about some of the bench guys just very quickly um we talked i think we talked about all the centers we can we talked a little bit about did we talk about Teodosic much there's not really much to say no i, I wish him the best it was it's really too bad because it's hard to remember now, but he was so hyped coming over. People were so excited for him coming to the NBA and being on the Clippers with hard to believe now, but Blake and DJ were still on that team. Uh, and it was going to be like this quasi lob city slash rebuild type thing. Uh, so 
it's too bad that it ended how it did. Um, but he was just never in NBA conditioning or shape, and he couldn't play defense at an NBA level. So I, I don't really have too much else to say. I just wish it had turned out a little bit differently, but I'm happy for him. He's playing for a really good team in Italy, and I'm sure he's going to be awesome uh, back in Europe. Ty Wallace. <laughs> Uh, Ty, my uh, my sweet prince. Um, <laughs> I hope he makes it in Minnesota. There's actually a roster crunch there. Um, yeah. So I just hope he lands. C.J. Williams wasn't last year, but he was just signed to, to the Nets uh, for a non-guaranteed or partially guaranteed deal. So he might stick around in the NBA for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think even if Ty gets cut from the uh, from the Wolves, I think he should – be able to find another home somewhere. But I think the Wolves are honestly a good, a good spot for him. They're young. They're fairly exciting. He'd have some spacing as long as he plays with like Towns and, and Covington. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to miss Ty Wallace. I'm, I'm going to be rooting for him for the remainder of his pro career. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad Ty Wallace caught on somewhere. I think we both kind of realize he's, he's a talented guy. He just kind of needs a situation and maybe he, maybe he's there. So we'll see. Um, Sindarius Thornwell, new Cleveland Cavalier. Sin, last year was not great for him. Um, no. <laughs> no. And it wasn't really his fault. You know, the Clippers added a bunch of guys that ended up being better than they thought they would be. He was really the only guy, I mean, tied to a lesser extent, but Sin was really, like, he lost so many minutes to guys. Um and just did not have much of a role outside of coming in for defense-only situations and every once in a while just for a jolt of energy. Some of it, I mean, like, he could not shoot a lick last year. And to some extent, like, unless you're an all-pro defense-level guy and can do some other stuff on the court, like, you need to be able to shoot at least a little bit if you're a wing, and he could not at all. And he couldn't really dribble or, or make plays, so offensively he was just so limited last year and I think he can do better I think he was in a really tough spot regarding role and and minutes and rotation he was never really able to find a rhythm um I'm gonna remember him from the 17-18 season more um which I think as we've mentioned before will kind of probably be the forgotten season in between Lob City and then 18-19 which was so fun surprising and then obviously this new year I think that year We've forgotten that. I don't think it should be because that's the year we got, you know, Sindarius's rookie season and Jawan Evans and Ty Wallace and CJ Williams and all those other guys who were really fun. They weren't quite as good as last year, uh, but they were a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm going to remember Sindarius for that. He was, he was a, a ton of fun to watch his rookie year. And I, I think he'll do well in Cleveland. Like, I think he'll get a lot of minutes. He's the only good defender, like maybe on their entire roster, certainly the only good perimeter defender. And because of that, I think John Beeline, who coached at Michigan, he is going to give Sindarius a lot of minutes. He likes guys who play defense. I think he'll have a role there. I think he'll play more minutes in probably the first 15 games of the season than he might have like all of last year. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for him to to find a bigger role and, and salary somewhere else. Yeah, Sin's got an excellent opportunity. I think Sin is a great, um, 
a great person to see the, the differences in summer league versus the NBA, especially with his size. He was such a bully in summer league that people got excited for him. I got excited for him, but that size just doesn't translate when you have the bodies in the league and you could really see him struggle finishing around the rim. I mean, not being able to use the size that he had in summer league and probably in college, but he couldn't really use that in the NBA. He's still a great defender though. And a very good one at the very least. And I think that'll, that'll keep him in the league. Um, Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple is a guy who I've liked for years and years and years. Unfortunately, he too, I think, was kind of thrust into a new team at the trade deadline. Had kind of a tough role as like the 10th man in the rotation, ninth or 10th man. Uh, his offense just never really came around. Outside of in transition, he was randomly extremely good in transition. It seemed like he would have a really nice transition layup every single game. But his three-point shot was just completely deserted. And his defense was really good, actually. I thought his defense against the Warriors in that series was fantastic. He was absolutely honing in on Steph. Um, yep. And, yeah, I mean, I just I don't think there's much room for him this year, especially with Magruder. I think bringing in Magruder was really the last chance that Temple had to stay on this team. Uh, but he's going to the Nets, who I think will be a playoff team in the East, and he got a nice little contract from them, probably – the last non-veteran minimum of his career, I think, um, before he, he starts hopping around on, on championship teams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good locker room guy. He played really good defense for the Clippers. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's really going to miss him or, or remember him as a Clipper. But, you know, it was fun to have him on the team. <laughs> yeah, he never really hurt us. He was a nice utility bench guy. Um, had some nice moves here and there, nice dunks here and there. Um, but really not too much else. He'll be a nice utility guy the rest of his career off the bench. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, really, we talked about most of the other guys. Luke Mbaa Mute, I don't think merits much talk. He was just in an unfortunate situation. Um, Angel Delgado, we talked about. Wilson Chandler. Ugh. Wilson Chandler, who's now suspended the first Right. <laughs> 30 or 50 games of the season with uh, yeah. enhancing. 15, I think. I don't know. Yeah, but he's suspended. He was forgettable as well. Yeah. Uh, not very good. Did have that layup at the end of the third quarter against the Warriors from the great yeah. pass from Shea Coaches Alexander. That's how I will remember Wilson Chandler. Avery Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the uh... – we need to stop talking about Avery Bradley, but I, you, I think I think I'm. This will be the last time we talk about this guy. Have have we? Have you seen any of the stuff on Twitter? He's been getting hyped up the past couple of days. Yeah, he lost forty pounds despite being in fine shape as a Clipper, and he's rolling with the starters and all this crap. I don't. I'm over it. Whatever. I'm so excited to watch him brick mid rangers for this. I just want him. I want. I'm okay with him failing. Let's just say that. Yeah, I don't. All mind. right. Yeah, yeah. This is this is actually it. This is yeah. It that's it. That's it. Do we have any Twitter questions? We do have some Twitter questions. Mm. Uh, let me hop to Twitter. Uh, my my window went out for some reason. We only have a couple. Uh, first from at Lawler's Law. What's the expected record during PG's absence? I think it really depends how long he's absent for, but. I'm going to say uh, if he misses 10 games, I'm going to say they'll go 6-4 and four without him. Yeah, 6-6-4 six, six and four sounds right. And Yeah, and I think 
from what it sounds like, November-ish would be six games. I think it's six games to the start of November. And then, you know, if you add another couple weeks, it could go up to 15. If it's 15, I'll say something like you know, 10 and 5 maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Not 10 and 5, like 9 and 6 maybe. You know, I think they'll be good. Not great without them. Yeah, I think we'll just be good. Over 500. I think that's 9 and 6 sounds accurate. I think that's okay. I think we talked about this before too, yeah. Yeah, we have. It's a common question. Yeah. And then the next question from uh, Johnny Walker at Best Food Takes, and he has a long Twitter handle, at jdub23 underscore one. Uh, not counting Iggy, who's one player you hope is bought out slash waived later that you want on the Clippers? Tough question. Honestly, it's kind of hard to see coming um, in terms of knowing who exactly is going to get a bought out. Usually think of veterans on bad teams. Um, You're not excited for Trevor Ariza? <laughs> no, I, I don't want anything. He was so bad yeah, last year for the he Wizards. Was bad. Um, I honestly can't think of anybody. The Wizards are a good bet, though. If they have any veterans, like CJ Miles or something, like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wanted Noah. I don't know what happened with him. I, I wish we got more of a story there. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, that, that's apparently not happening. So, um, and yeah, I think that'll about do it for me. I don't really have too much else to add. Uh, you know, it's an exciting time because it is media day and the start of training camp, but unfortunately there's still no actual games to discuss. Next week, finally, we will have real Clippers basketball uh, it will just be preseason, but still, there will be an actual game that we can go over and, and talk about. But yeah, I mean, barring anything else, we should we should be back next week. And you have anything else to add, Chap? I'm just – I'm excited. Honestly, I was excited seeing the stuff coming on Twitter, and I'll probably get more exciting watching some more clips. But it really hasn't quite hit me yet. It might not completely hit me even until George is back maybe. But seeing Kawhi as a Clipper will be super exciting. I think I disassociated the idea of Kawhi being a Clipper for so long while the Raptors were advancing more and more in the playoffs. Really, once they turned around that Bucks series, it was like it didn't feel like a real thing anymore. And then all that Laker crap happened, and it made me think even less of it. And it happened, and we got excited. We have recordings to prove it. But now it's just kind of like, is this, is this real life? And it is. And it, it is. It is, definitely. But like, I really want to see them on the court. I really want to see how we're going to run things and everybody has had their theories and their fan videos and some good ideas about how we're going to play George and Kawhi together. But I really want to see what doc does. And I'm just excited. I'm excited, but right now I'm a little subdued for some reason. Um, I just feel like media day is a lot of just hype and, uh, and it's not really much. We don't already know, especially since we've been seeing the guys play together anyways, we've seen the fishing trip and we saw the paintball stuff and, we know the team is tight. Like we know that they're playing well together. There, there's good camaraderie, and we really didn't expect anything less. It's this team, the same team from last year, minus Shea and Gallo. So it's not really that surprising that the team is getting along with adding George and and Kawhi. So not much has really been said today. I think that the the introductory presser really got me excited for Kawhi and Paul, and this is kind of more the same, um, except seeing our old, all of our old guys again. It's nice seeing him in a, in a Clipper jersey, but I think I'll get hyped once the season starts. And I think I'll get hyped even with preseason. I'm planning on going to that game on the 10th, too, so mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll get excited for that. But, yeah, I think that'll about do it for this episode of the Law of the Jam, the podcast. Anything else, Rob? 
Ah, really quickly, I we I think I've forgotten. You forgot one quick take if you have any on the Clippers broadcast stuff. I have none. I don't particularly care for Chauncey Billups broadcasting and and analysis, but he's not the worst option. Um, he's definitely a big name. Not too thrilled about bringing Maggette back. Um, Mike Fratello will be awesome. Fratello will be awesome. That's that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, Fratello was really great in his guest spot with Ralph, uh, so I'm really excited for that. Um, I like Billups as a, as a commentary guy, so I actually don't mind it. I think there was an article about him feeling like he was part of the Clipper turnaround. He do- wasn't really. <laughs> he was really bad when he came back from his Achilles, and I f- almost feel like in that Memphis series, we went to him too much. Yeah, he wasn't like, when he wasn't like the same guy anymore. It was a huge thing when he ruptured his Achilles. Like he was good briefly. He was part of that great onslaught against the uh, the Thunder in that in that second in that f- second quarter, which was super memorable. He had a game winner against the Mavericks. I want to say, which was also I, really that's cool. Right. Yeah. Um. So he has he's had some Clipper moments, but mostly I'm going to remember that he was not particularly useful in the playoffs. So I, I don't know if he's a huge – he was a huge game changer. He was exciting for a minute when he was a Clipper. And he's and we've known him as a steadying force on almost every team he's been on, but he wasn't really – it wasn't quite Paul Pierce bad, but he wasn't really quite uh, his level of play. I think he's a good commentator, though. So I think he'll be a fine addition. Uh, with Seaman. So I'm kind of excited for it. I, I'm not like super excited, but I think of all the options we had, I think Billups is not a bad one. I like that he's a former Clipper too, even if it was just for a brief period. So that's kind of a nice skew to it too. Um, Maggetti, I'm surprised that he's still with the Clippers, but I guess they're, they must've done their due diligence and um, Czar will be great. So that would be pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. For, for uh, This is actually it for me. <laughs> yeah that's it that's it for me and rob on this episode of the law of the gen the podcast we've been taking a little bit of a break doing more every two weeks during this really slow part of the season but i think we're going to be back every week until the playoffs and then we'll be doing every game and we'll be going from there man the regular season's coming the preseason's coming and it's gonna be clippers 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 i'm super excited and that'll do it for this episode of the Lab the Podcast. And as always, go Clippers! <laughs>